Before we get going with episode 79, a word from our friends at Equinedge. Equinedge.com provides AI metrics for next-generation horse players. Equinedge utilizes the latest advancements in machine learning technology to bring tools typically locked away by CAWs to everyday players. Stop guessing and start knowing at Equinedge.com. Visit Equinedge.com today and use promo code FREEMONEY to get your first month of unlimited access absolutely free. That is promo code FREEMONEY over on Equinedge.com. Now, episode 79. What's going on? Welcome into the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Monday, August the 23rd, 2021. This is episode 79 of the show. However you listen to this, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the podcast. If you're someone who, you listen to it on your phone or on your your iPad or your tablet or whatever it may be, and you use Apple Podcasts or you use Spotify or SoundCloud, you can go over to the InTheMoneyPodcast.com website and download it there as well. If you're someone who's on your computer, you can also head on over to YouTube and watch along. All you need to do, search bar Matt Burner, your show. You get this episode along with the 78 prior. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. The more information we get from you guys, the better off we are as far as just kind of catering to whatever you actually want to hear and what you want to talk about. So on this week's show, the winner of the Friday feature last week was Gemini 3. Unfortunately, never heard back from that individual, so there is no Friday feature this week. We're going to take a week off, and I've been a little disappointed, I guess, with the overall uh, number of, of folks getting involved. There are some of you that are diehards, and I appreciate that, but it seems like it certainly waned a little bit over the past few weeks, so maybe we take a week off, kind of hit the, the reset button, and maybe we'll bring it back at some point next week as we get closer toward the end of the Saratoga meeting. Uh, but today was just kind of one of those shows, and it's going to be a little bit shorter, uh, hopefully only 25 minutes, 30 tops. But I, I, I started going through and looking at the Pacific Classic that happened this past Saturday, won by Tripoli. And he did so in, in pretty nice fashion. I thought all, all things considered, it was a good effort from him and a good effort from Tizen Magician to run second. So I start going back, and I'm looking at charts and looking at figs and, and replays and things like that. And... I, let's start with the Pacific Classic, because I think this will then roll in nicely to the upcoming Travers this weekend, and then not just the Classic Division as a whole, but the Breeders' Cup, specifically a Breeders' Cup Saturday, and I know this sounds silly to be looking this far ahead, but coming up this Saturday, the 28th, we are going to be, or 29th, whatever it is, we're going to be 10 weeks from Breeders' Cup Saturday. So in all likelihood, the horses you see running this weekend or you saw run this past weekend, at most you're going to see them one more time, and some of them we've heard as far as a horse like Malathot is concerned, she's probably training right up to the Breeders' Cup. So there's a real scenario in which you don't see some of the horses run again between this past weekend, this coming weekend, and the Breeders' Cup weekend. There's a real scenario where that happens. Heck, maybe we've even seen some horses run their race and we won't see them again. And this is going even farther back, a couple weeks back. So I get it. It may sound a little silly that we're talking about or I'm bringing up, you know, looking at some of these races this far in advance. But but in reality, you may not see these horses again until the Breeders' Cup. 
So it's never too early to start getting an idea and, and, and just thinking, that's all. When I go back and look at the Pacific Classic, the way in which Tripoli won, his overall body of work on dirt is really strong. He's done nothing wrong, and he's earned some big figs. But when I was going back and looking at the race, I go, well, in reality, how fast could the race have ended? How good could it have been from a speed figure standpoint? I figured if Tripoli got up into the mid-100 range, he would win or be right there. And in fact, from a buyer standpoint, that's exactly what he did. He had paired up career buyer tops of 100 prior to the P-Classic, and he moved up to a 104 on Saturday night. Tis a Magician runs second and earns a 103. When you just look at it at face value, that seems entirely reasonable, right? Well, the only thing I would throw out there is not even factoring in the time. And I know that's really how this sort of stuff works, but when you... We're not going to get into the weeds. You all know I've gone over how figs are made, you know, many, many times. There, there needs to be an element of subjectivity involved here. In all likelihood, did a horse like Tis a Magician run the best race of his life in career start number 19 at a distance that may be a hair shorter than ideal for him? And not only did he run a career best fig, he ran a career best by five points. Pretty substantial move up. A 103 when his career best prior to that was a 98. It's not impossible, but I don't know. Makes me think a little bit. Like, okay, well, let's do a little bit more work on this number. Dr. Post, he earned a 97 buyer. Entirely possible and well within his his realm of what he's capable of. He, he's got buyer speed figures of 104 and 101 on his page. So a 97 to me. That doesn't really stand out as something that's a little bit off. One, though, that kind of going back to Tis a Magician, what's the likelihood of you running a career best in this kind of fashion? Sheriff Brown, the fourth place finisher at 81-1. to 1. Sheriff Brown is a five-year-old gelding who has run 22 times now. His career best buyer prior to Saturday's race was a 92 he earned a career best fig, and he was defeated by seven lengths in the Pacific Classic, a career best of 95. So could he have moved up to a new top three points better than what the prior top had been? Sure, of course. You have to be open to the chances that certain things happen. But now when you've got two in the top four that have run career bests, or let's say three in the top four, including Tripoli, and the fourth place finisher is beaten by seven, so he didn't run a career best. You're, you're effectively saying many of these horses are now running career bests. Not impossible, but it makes me think that perhaps there's a chance that that fig is a little too high. Two or three points. And I know two or three points doesn't sound like much, but if all of a sudden a, a horse like Tripoli goes from a 104 down to a 101 or a 100, now all of a sudden he was already probably a hair slow compared to the Knicks goes of the world. Now he's, he's a fair ways behind if you bring him down into that 100 range. Tis a magician, all of a sudden, from a 103 buyer, is he really a Breeders' Cup Classic type of horse? I don't know how many people were saying that going into the Pacific Classic. I love the horse. I think he's really good. But Richard Mandela, I think, figured him out. You stretch him out in distance, that's what he's wanted. He's flourished doing that. And this was a really, really bang-up effort. Maybe he did run the best race of his life on Saturday night. Totally possible. But from a just purely a number standpoint, it, it makes me look at it and go, mm, I don't know, did, did he really jump up that much? 
Independence Hall, a horse who wants no port, no part of a mile and a quarter. He earns a 95. I, I'm fair with that. You know, no problem. And really, the rest of the field, they all, they had their issues. Express train, royal ship, and on. How does this all relate to this coming Saturday in the Travers? The field of probables that I have seen, it, I mean, I'm not breaking any news. It's essential qualities race to lose. I like Midnight Bourbon. I like some of the other horses in the race. I mean, essential quality is supposed to win the Travers. It's not going to be a giant field. I don't think it's going to be the most competitive field. So Tripoli wins the P-Classic. A deserving horse to go to a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic. I had said it on the ABR stream on Saturday night. You're at a point in time now with these races where you need to prove, are you, do you actually belong in certain divisions? And if you end up throwing in a clunker, for all intents and purposes, that to me removes you from consideration. Sure, you may run in the race, but you're not really a contender. So as much as I love Royalship... He, cl he either hates Delmar, which I do think is a genuine possibility, or he's not nearly as good as those two runs at, at Santa Anita that I was buying into are. He, he's just not that good. Express Train. He didn't run his race, but even if he ran his race, he's a low 100 type. That's not good enough to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. So to me, they're pretenders. They're out. Dr. Post, do with him what you will. If he shows up, maybe he can clunk up and get a piece. I'd be stunned if he won a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think he's out. Tis a magician. I don't think he's good enough to win a race like the Classic. I think he's a really good horse, but I'm not convinced that he can actually do that. To me, he's a pretender from the Classic division. Tripoli, he's done nothing wrong on dirt. I'm not going to sit here and question the fact that he could Im improve again, but, but how much is he going to improve again? Especially if this fig is actually a little, little inflated. Let's say he's actually closer to three consecutive 100 buyer speed figures. Let's say even if he did move up to, to a 104 or 105, that puts him in contention, but I, I think he's still going to come up wanting. But he, at least to me, he proved he belongs in that group. The Travers, who really belongs in, in the classic consideration? And we'll find out. If something crazy happens, yeah, I mean, it turns things on its ear, but... Outside of essential quality, when you hear, you know, some of the names that, that are thrown out there or that I'm seeing anyway as probables, this is over on horseracingnation.com. Midnight Bourbon, I like him a lot. I think he's probably better a little bit shorter. To me, feels more like a dirt mile type than a classic type. King Fury, got to prove to me that he's actually this good and he's got no speed. Keep me in mind, same deal. Look, he ran really well in the gym dandy, but had a beautiful trip. And from a running style standpoint, don't know that it'll work. Masked Parade, yeah. You know what? Maybe not the cleanest go in the Jim Dandy. Maybe he can improve. I think he's probably more of a dirt mile type if he is a Breeders' Cup kind of runner. Uh, Dynamic One, very likable horse. He'll run all day long. Maybe more of a marathon type than a classic type. He can really make a statement on Saturday, though, in a race like like the Travers. And Miles D, he's just got to prove that he's actually of this caliber. Um, I, I like that Chad is going here with him, or in theory, based on the probables, but outside of essential quality, none of those horses right now has really proven themselves or asserted themselves as a legitimate classic runner. So then that makes me start going through all of the divisions where I'm looking at the classic going, okay, outside of essential quality and outside of Nick's go and outside of Hot Rod Charlie, you know, Tripoli, I guess, 
Life is good. We'll find out he's supposed to come back in the Jerkins on Saturday. And then, you know, theoretically, you'd stretch him back out. But he's got a lot to prove between now and, and a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic. So outside of those three, Nick's go, Essential Quality, Hot Rod Charlie, who else in there are you just petrified of? Or do you view as a genuine classic contender? Kind of to the point that I brought up a couple weeks ago when Nick's go won the Whitney and the way that he did it. But then that made me start thinking of all of the Breeders' Cup races going, wait a minute, how many of these races look like they're ripe for chaos? And what I mean, when I say chaos, I mean what we think of from a Breeders' Cup standpoint, where you get these horses that go off at 15 or 20 to 1, that on any other day they would be 4 or 5 to 1. That's what makes the Breeders' Cup so exciting and so much fun. And I'm not including Friday. The, the juveniles, the two-year-old races, there's still a long way to go for that. But for these horses that have established form, I wanted to start going through and one by one kind of piecing the races together and taking a look at some of the names and going, well, if they run their race, they're going to be pretty darn tough to beat. So here we go. From the top on Saturday, these are the Saturday races. Some of these names, let me know beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt, am I missing anyone in these divisions or a horse that may be a, a, a bit of an outsider that you genuinely think could upset the top of the market? Because I think I think a lot of these divisions are, are pretty sound, pretty solidified as far as the pecking order of if this horse shows up with their race, they're probably just beating everyone. So the Philly and Mare Sprint, when you go through and look at some of the names that are thrown out there, CC, I think she's a nice mare. Certainly, if she ended up going there, she makes some sense. Uh, Bella Sophia, the three-year-old, she looks really good. But, I mean, they're all going to have to beat Gamin. And, and don't forget about a horse like Bell's the One. You know, there, there's some really nice runners. But if Gamin runs her best race, I don't know that anybody else can beat her. She'll be a short price. Maybe you'll get a little bit of a better price than you would on any given Saturday on a horse like Gamin in the Breeders' Cup. But, I mean, if she runs her race, she's probably going to win. The turf sprint, I'm not going to make any comment on because you all know how, A, terrible I am at turf sprints in general. But B, I, trying to even name some possible runners in a five-furlong turf sprint, which is also worth noting uh, on the Breeders' Cups page, you can see there are some different configurations for some of these races this year at Del Mar, as is the case when you go to different venues, different distances actually come into play. So the turf sprint's at five furlongs. Um, for me, that'll be a punt. Let me know if there's someone that I really should know about that I'm just going to gloss over. Uh, the Dirt Mile. You know, when you look at the field, I like by my standards. I think that's where he belongs as opposed to the classic. He makes a little bit of sense in there. Uh, Art Collector, we saw him come back to the races a couple weeks ago. He looked really good. I believe he's supposed to go in the Charlestown Classic on Friday evening. Um, three turns. I have no idea if that'll work to his advantage, but I could see him being a Dirt Mile type. But I, I look at a horse like Silver State, who I don't think is a mile and a quarter kind of horse. A two-turn mile for him... Who's, like, who are you afraid of? His best race, I think, is, is markedly better than anything anyone else is capable of producing. If he runs his race, and I recognize when I'm saying these caveats, if, you know, there's no guarantee that any of these horses are going to run their best race, you know, the first Saturday in November. But if Silver State runs his race, I think it's better than anything any of the other horses are, are capable of. So there's a relatively formful kind of field. The Philly and Mare Turf. 
Now, this race is going to be run at a mile and three-eighths based on the Breeders' Cup's website. A horse like Warlike Goddess, who is a, a, a domestic type, I think she makes plenty of sense in there. Um, Snowfall, if she comes over, yeah, I mean, she makes all the sense. Althika, my concern with her would be going out that far. I think she's nicer at that sort of mile to mile and an eighth. I'd be curious to see what Charlie Appleby and, and Godolphin would want to do with her in a, any of those sort of races. But I, I look at the tape from Santa Barbara and go, she continues to improve. And even right now, I think if you ran the race today, I would pick her and say, I, I don't think anyone else can beat her. I think she's an exceptional talent. I went back and watched that Beverly D again. She was unreal that day. I know it was a short field, and outside of Mean Mary, what was really in there? Mean Mary had a tactical advantage, and for her to get her doors blown off the way that she did by Santa Barbara, who, again, is a three-year-old, I think Santa Barbara's got another big forward move in her. Aiden O'Brien's already brought up the idea that the Breeders' Cup has long been in the back of their minds for her. I just think she's way the horse to beat in a division like that. And she'll be a short price, and it would be a formful result should she win. So you see you see what I'm getting at here, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, and we'll, we'll find out that some of these horses, there are going to be some things that happen between now and next weekend, the following weekend, whatever it may be, that kind of turn these divisions you know, upside down. But for the most part, I look at the Breeders' Cup Sprint, CZ Rocket, you know, I would say of the, the local hopes in Southern California, he's the one that makes the most sense, despite the fact that Dr. Shivel is the one who defeated him in the Bing Crosby. But, I, I, you know, he doesn't terrify me. Yalpon, maybe he ends up really getting back to his best races. I thought his return was pretty solid down in Maryland. Uh, but Jackie's Warrior, if, if he runs his race, who's going to beat him? And we'll see him, in theory, in the Jerkins on Saturday afternoon at Saratoga. Seven-eighths of a mile. I, I mean, he's he's one at a one-turn mile before. That won't be an issue. But six furlongs. I, I don't know who's going to be able to, to handle a horse like Jackie's Warrior should he continue on this kind of trajectory. Another relatively formful kind of division. The the mile, Palace Pier, if he comes over, you know, he, he looks like he's the goods. But we've seen the mile division types come over and not fare quite as well. If it's not him, you know, the local hopes, I think, are really intriguing. I thought that Delmar Mile on Saturday night was a really solid race. And to me, you look at Mo Forza, you look at Smooth Like Straight, even throw in, hit the road. I mean, they all make sense for different reasons. Running style-wise, both hit the road and Smooth Like Straight. From a figure standpoint, Mo Forza... You know, I think that could potentially be an opportunity. And, you know, I don't want to... You know, short change got stormy. I don't know if she is capable of reproducing that Saratoga effort again at Del Mar. But if she if she can, that puts her right there in the mix. And Chad's going to have an interesting call to make with domestic spending, I think. I would imagine they go to the turf with him. And we'll get to the turf in a moment. But I do wonder if there's a decision to be made similar to the whole bricks and mortar thing. Uh, you're much more likely to get pace in the mile than you are in the turf. And we saw that was really his undoing in the, in the Arlington Million this year. But that, you know, if, if he went in the mile, I think he would have a big chance. If he goes in the turf, he's arguably the horse to beat. He'll be a, an interesting one to see what move they make. And 
you know, as is always the case, the O'Brien contingent from Europe, you know, whether it is, uh, we, we saw Order of Australia last year at a million to one win at Keeneland, but you always need to respect anything he brings over here for those races. But for the most part, I think that's a pretty formful event, right? Unless you think that the local hopes just completely get lost in the shuffle, which I, I'd be surprised if a Mo Forza, should he stay healthy, which is his biggest concern, or a smooth leg straight. I'd be surprised if either of them ended up being something in that 10, 12 to 1 range. I think they both are going to be single digits. Perhaps one of them, perhaps even a Mo Forza vying for favoritism, depending on who comes over from Europe. So the mile to me, relatively formful. The distaff. This could be the one that I suppose you you could get some more intriguing prices on just because of the depth of the division. You know, you in Saturday, that may be the race of the day at Saratoga, the personal ensign. You've got Latruska, who's scheduled to go. You've got Swiss Skydiver, who's scheduled to go. I believe there are even a couple other. Uh, Harvey's Little Goyle is listed as a, a, a probable. Uh, Bonnie South, Royal Flag. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a really good, good race. Miss Marissa. So if all of them go, I mean, that that's that's a preview anyway of the Breeders' Cup disc staff. And then just sprinkle in a couple other names, like a Malathot, who we saw win the Alabama, and the word is, or the thought is, she may just train up to the Breeders' Cup disc staff. Throw in She Dares the Devil, who's proven at Del Mar already. Uh, and I, I have no idea what the latest on Monomoy Girl is. That's not even including her. So... That, to me, that may be the race where if you're not sold on Latruska, which I think you should be, if you're not sold on her, maybe there's a scenario in which you can find a, a price a little bit farther down the, the tote and take advantage. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that I think that race is ripe for chaos. I think there are a number of logical horses that would go in that spot. But that race on Saturday in the personal ensign, that's going to go a long way in kind of showing off what you're looking at as far as who's going to be in what division and how they're looking for a race like like the Distaff. And then with the turf, you know, if Mishriff comes over, I think he would still be better suited for the Classic. Whether that happens or not, we'll find out. But if he comes over here for the turf, the mile and a half here compared to the mile and a half in Europe is entirely different. Um he makes all the sense in the world. Already talked about domestic spending. You know, state of rest? Maybe. I don't know. Is he good enough? Who knows? Uh, I don't know what the deal is with many of these Europeans, but but Tarnawa, you know, I mean, we know what she did last year at Keeneland. Um, of the, the domestic hopes, you know, I, I suppose the United fits in there. He's run well at Del Mar. I think he was, I think circumstances got him beat on Saturday in the Del Mar handicap, but there's a part of me that doesn't really believe that that's going to be a group that produces a Breeders' Cup turf winner. Uh, Mogul in Japan, I've read different things about are they coming here, are they not coming here for the Sword Dancer on Saturday? I still believe in Tribavon that his speed, I could very easily see him, should they choose to go that route, being a Highland reel and just opening up and nobody can go and run him down at a mile and a half. He's got to get through a race like the Sword Dancer on Saturday first. But I, again, that's a division that maybe it's a little bit deeper. But I don't think you're going to get anything that's like totally unforeseen happening in there right now. Admittedly, I, I, I recognize we still have a long way to go. But the point being, the reason I wanted to bring this up 
you may not see many of these horses. You, at most, you'll see them probably one more time following this weekend. At most. Some of them, you're not going to see them again before the Breeders' Cup. So we'll see how these races play out this weekend. But it, it's not too early to, to start formulating your thoughts about what you think of some of these divisions. And realistically, which divisions, and hopefully this is, you know, my, my goal was to at least throw out the idea of what divisions do you need to spend more time familiarizing yourself with runners who may not be top of mind? We know who the players are in the Philly and Mare Sprint. It, it, that feels like a very sort of top-heavy kind of group. Maybe we need to do a little bit more homework on the turf and some of the Euros who may come over. Maybe we need to do a little more work on the mile and find out some of the European horses to get a little more familiar with, with names that, on a day-to-day basis here, we don't really know. The Distaff, you know, you know the players and you know how deep that group is. That's probably going to end up being the best race of Breeders' Cup weekend. Again, I'm not including the the two-year-olds on Friday because there's still, those divisions, still there's a long way to go to sort themselves out. But some of these groups, barring crazy things happening this weekend, I think you're looking at relatively formful races, perhaps anyway, on Breeders' Cup Saturday. I'm not seeing the races where all of a sudden the 25-to-1 shot or the 30-to-1 shot is going to blow up the tote board. I think these are pretty sound runners that deserve to be shortish prices in their respective divisions. And I think if they run their race, I think they're going to be tough to beat. Let me know your thoughts about the runs that I just laid out. And also, if there are horses that I've kind of glossed over that I may be missing, if you have any thoughts about the way that the races could be run, um, and just your overall thoughts coming up on this Saturday and last Saturday. The race is run at Del Mar, and the race is coming up this weekend at Saratoga. Again, all eyes are going to be on essential quality. It's his race to lose. I'm expecting him to win. To me, it's not the most exciting race. I want to see him get out there and run a good race, but I, he, he's expected to win. If he does not win, uh, that's a major red flag to me, and that would just even make that classic division even, even thinner. It's already a thin group, in my opinion. If essential quality, for whatever reason, stubs his toe on Saturday, it, it potentially becomes even even thinner. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a fun weekend of racing. I'm going to be up at Saratoga ABR Live. It's going to be me and Dan Torgman on site talking about some of the winning your in races before uh, Fox takes their coverage all out with the, I believe, the Sword Dancer and the Travers, but we'll take care of some of the uh, undercard races and we'll be there just kind of chopping things up. Join us over on all of the social channels for America's Best Racing. Uh, let me know again, thoughts, opinions, feelings about any of these races, any horses I may have missed, and also uh, your overall thoughts on the Friday feature. Is it something that needs, do we need to evolve it a little bit? I'm all ears. I want to hear what you guys have to say because really it really doesn't do me any good if people aren't wanting to get involved with it. If there's something that we can kind of tweak to, to make it a little bit more enjoyable or interactive or whatever it may be, let me know beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. However you listen to this, thank you for doing so. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, YouTube, search bar Matt Bernie or show. You get this episode along with the 78 prior. I will be back next Monday 
Looking forward to getting up to the spot for the first time this year. I'll also be up there the following weekend, but that'll just be for a fun trip. I won't be doing any work. But I will be with, with Fornital, with PTF, uh, for the uh, live from the Brentwood next Saturday. Not Travers Saturday, Jockey Club Gold Cup Saturday. So that should be a good time. We'll enjoy that. But many, many things to happen between now and then. Horse Player Happy Hour join us on Thursday afternoon. Myself, PTF, maybe Michelle, you enjoying us, or uh, getting involved as well. Uh, it should be a good time. So a lot of good stuff going on. But really, I'm curious. Am I just, am I missing things? Big picture? Thinking Breeders' Cup? Are there horses that I'm missing? What, like, is it, am I making it too simple? I need to know. I need you guys to help me here. I appreciate all of the support. Please rate, review, and subscribe however you listen to this thing. Follow me over there on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. Until next Monday, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 79 of the Matt Bernier Show.